0: New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street Book Club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and will never give it up. Literature is for the masses Where to put your money down a how to watch your assets Yeah, uplifting others is a passion My brother Evan, he will turn it into action New Black Wall Street Book Club You should come read with, with, us. Read with us Yeah, we comprehend and discuss yeah. if we all just come together There's no limit for the us, limit for us. Huh. Here comes your host New Black Wall Street Book Evan, Club. take it away Black Wall Street New Black Wall Street Book Club, <laughs> New Black Wall Street Book
1: Club. Welcome to the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and international best-selling author of the book, The Black Billionaire's Club. It's a study of black wealth. It's a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, you should study. Wealthy people. We can find that book by going to the website www.TheBlackBillionNetsClub.com www.TheBlackBillionNetsClub.com You'll find that link in the description above or below. In today's episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club, we continue along in our journey into the book What Makes the Great Great Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. What Makes the Great Great Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. The Field of Dreams. Now, just in the title alone, I'm like, okay, I remember that movie. Uh, That's the movie where the great line, if you build it, they will come, came from. But I think it was Kevin Costner or something like that was in that movie, The Field of Dreams. And that's our title today, The Field of Dreams. And here's our quote of the day. Uh, comes from Gordon Parks Sr., who's a filmmaker, and he says this, and I quote: a, "A person never knows what he can do until he does it. A, a person will never know what he can do until he does it. it is it possible that you might be uh, looking at some things that you might want to do or accomplish? You might be thinking, 'I, I don't know if I can do that.' Well, you don't know. You don't know what you can do." Until you can do it. And we found in life uh, that as uh, people push the envelope, uh, that they are able to accomplish way more than they ever thought they could. Because there's something that's greater that lives in you than he that's in the world. Uh, And that's something that's great, says, that you can accomplish. You can do way more than you even dare to dream or think. There's something great on the inside of you that allows you to accomplish way more than you can dare to dream or think. Will you tap into the power? Here's our uh, passage today. Let's read. What's going on, Landscape? Good morning to you. Thanks so much for joining. Uh, in his book, The Heart of a Champion, uh, Bob Richards tells the story of Olympic champion Charlie Paddock. While speaking before a group of students in Cleveland, Ohio, Paddock challenged the audience to think big. If you think you can, you can, he coached. If you believe a thing strongly enough, it can come to pass in your life. Before Paddock concluded his remarks, he lifted his hand and said, Who knows? There may be an Olympian champion sitting among us. No sooner did he utter those words than a spindly legged child approached him. Mr Paddock, he said excitedly, I'll get it I will give anything if I could be an Olympian just like you. It was the boy's hour of inspiration. From that moment on, his life would change. In 1936, the skinny kid traveled to Berlin and turned in four electrifying performances, capturing gold medals in the process. His name, Jesse Owens. His name, Jesse Owens. How many you guys remember Jesse Owens? So Jesse Owens, uh, we know him as an Olympic athlete. We know him as a superstar. But his inspiration came from a man who came and spoke to a classroom one day and said, if you think you can, you can. If you believe strongly enough in a thing, it can come to pass in your life. What is it that you think strongly about? What is it that you even might, at this point in time, you might still have some doubt as to whether you can? Well, if you think you can, you can. But if you doubt you can, you probably won't. Let me say that again. If you think you can, you can. But if you doubt you can, you probably won't. That I deal with a lot of people when it comes to money. And and one of the biggest things, the challenges, the hurdle to get over is what they think about money or their situation. You know, when you look at it and you're piled up, you know, $50,000 in debt or $100,000 in debt, sometimes you think, I, I don't think I'll ever get out. Well, if you don't think you'll ever get out, you probably won't. And so the biggest uh, hurdle, the biggest challenge that I deal with with dealing with people is how they think. That's the biggest thing to overcome. It, the, the the techniques and the strategies and the how to that 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 is of that is of no uh uh good to a person who doesn't even think they can. If you don't think you can get out of debt, you won't get out of debt. But if you look at it and say, "Man, it got to go. I, I'm gonna take care of it. I'm gonna find a way." Well, now we working with something. If you think you can, you can. If you doubt you can, you probably won't. During a victory tour through the streets of Cleveland, Cleveland, Owens stopped to sign autographs. A tiny child pressed against his car, looked his idol in the face, and said, "Gee, Mr. Owens, I'd give anything if I could be an Olympian champion just like you." Jesse reached out and replied, "You know, young man, that's what I wanted to be when I was a little older than you. If you will work and train and believe, then one day." You'll hit your goals. If you will work and train and believe. Everybody put it on work, train, believe. Those are the very same things that you must have to accomplish your goals. You got to work. You got to train or practice. But the biggest thing is you must believe. I mean, matter of fact, you probably won't work if you don't believe. Uh, you probably won't train or practice if you don't believe. I mean, why would you do all that if you don't believe you can do it anyway? That's a, That's a great way to just give up. But if you work, you train, and believe, then one day, and I would venture to say one day sooner than later, you'll hit your goals. Twelve years later, at Wembley Stadium in London, England, six sprinters exploded out of the blocks in the 100-meter dash finals. The sprinter in the outside lane burst in the open, drove down, and broke the tape first. His name, Harrison Bones Dillard. You say that's a coincidence. You say that it will never happen again. You're wrong. It will happen again and again to the person who captures a vision and backs it with action. It will happen again and it will happen again to the person who captures a vision and backs it with action. So kings and queens, my question to you this morning, Have you captured a vision? Uh, Do you have some vision that you see for your life or for your organization or for a desire that you have? Have you captured a vision? And some are stuck in this state just trying to capture a vision that they can see and that they can feel and that they're like, yes, that's what I want. Or that's what God wants for me, however you want to put it. Have you captured a vision? And if you have, because I'm going to assume that many of you have caught a vision, are you willing to back that up with action? Our vision, same man. The, the the action piece seems to be, in my you know, small experience, the biggest difference between success and failure. And I won't even call it failure because how can you fail if you never try? You caught a vision, but are you willing to back that up by action? Right. Th- think about this for a second. We we both have this day called Saturday, is what we call it. On this day, and we both have, uh, you know, if given the opportunity, 24 hours in this day. We don't know if we'll, that day will be cut short for us or not, but we're going to assume that you know that we're here now and that we we will get the next 24 hours. What it comes down to, guys, it really comes down to how you use your time. You can use your time just thinking about what you want, or you can use your time going to create what you want. You, you can use your time hoping that someone will bring you what you want, or you can use your time going to get what you want. And you have caught the vision, but are you willing to back it up by action? See, today, I could, I could I could choose to do a lot of things today. It's Saturday. I mean, everybody is out, you know, there's probably some, a lot of stuff going on in the city. You know, I could choose to do a lot of things today, but you know what I'm choosing to do? I'm choosing to do what most people won't do. I'm going to be working. I got stuff to update on my website. I got to get some new stuff out. I need to rehash this whole thing, so I'm going to spend the majority of my day working, while others are probably out playing and spending. Now, see, there are some that just simply look to the weekends, this thing called the weekend. They look to this weekend so they can go spend more money. I mean, they don't worked hard all week. They finally got their paycheck yesterday. It's Friday. And now they say, it's Saturday. I ain't, I, you know, I'm free. And guess what? They'll be broke on Monday. See, I just made a conscious decision in my life. I'm going to choose to do what others are unwilling to do. And that's why I can live the life that others can't afford to live. It's a choice. Now, do I... I mean, I'm probably... I'm going to have to make it fun. Everybody, putting guys on make it fun. I'm going to have to make it fun. It's not necessarily fun, but I'm going to have to make it fun. Now, how do I make it fun? The way in which I make it fun is I envision what my work is going to do. I envision what my seed planting is going to bring. I envision the harvest that I'm going to reap because the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. And so I realize if I want to have the plenty of harvest, I must be one of the few, which is the laborer, the worker, the one who will decide to work when others play. It ain't always glamorous and fun, but I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to sit here and play some music. I'm gonna figure out a way for me to enjoy my labor, my labor of love. See, when you do what you love and you find a way to get paid for it, man, now you live. Now you're living in the blessed lane, right? I think there's a scripture that talk about blessed, blesses those who who work, who labor. It talks about that. I think in Ecclesiastic says a whole bunch about that little that little line. I'm gonna have to find that in a good book somewhere. Here's our affirmation of the day. Here's our affirmation of the day. Here's what you want to allow to take root into your subconscious, your heart, uh, and then grow and cultivate the thing, repeat it over and over and over again until it brings forth a harvest into your life. Repeat after me. I believe, I act, and I will succeed again I believe I act and I will succeed let's do it one more time people let's do it for the people in the back the people in the way back we want to make sure they heard us this time say it with some conviction repeat after me I believe I act and I I will succeed. The field of dreams. Daily motivations for African American success. Daily motivations for African American success. A quick word from our sponsor. my beautiful people, man. Hey, that's our motivation to get us started. That's to get us prepared, to get us ready uh, for the the, the meat of what we're going to be discussing today and what we're going to be going through today comes out of the book, What Makes the Great Great. What Makes the Great Great by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough uh, is what we're going to be going through today. And we'll be talking about, we're going to pick up where we left off on last episode. We started talking about a woman named Mary Evans. And we'll pick up, I'll read the last part of that uh, you know, that that text of, of Miss Mary Evans, and we'll get into her journey of a thousand miles. How many of you guys are going on a journey of a thousand miles? Uh, as well as the quickest way to the top, and we'll talk about one more hill to climb. We'll see if we can get through that today. Right? So, so I'm sorry, it wasn't Mary, it was Myra. I'm sorry, Myra Evans. So, uh, what makes the great great? What makes the great great? Right, extra uh, strategies for extraordinary achievement. What makes the great, great strategies for extraordinary achievement? Uh, let's read, uh, pick up where we talked about Miss Myra Evans, and then we'll get into a journey of a thousand miles. Begin with the first step Myra Evans is part of a new breed of black business class ambitious, educated, and no stranger to hard work. And she wanted to introduce gelato, like an Italian frozen treat to upscale New Yorkers. Evans got the idea of launching an Italian gelateria after vacationing in San Francisco. There, an an older brother introduced her to an Americanized version of gelato and sorboreto, an Italian parfait resembling sherbet. I guess it was love at first lick. Evans returned to her East Coast home to discover that sophisticated New Yorkers had never experienced the delicacy. She approached a seasoned council of retired Small Business Association veterans with a smartly packaged business plan and poured out her heart. With neither the time nor the temperament to learn of her affection for Italian ICs, the SBA rudely dismissed her and discouraged her from pursuing her dream. How many of guys have had some people that you, you say you got this great idea, you start working on it, you make the right division down, you make it plain, you introduce this idea to people who you think can help you? This is the SBA. This is a small business administration. And and they rudely, right? They they rudely dismiss you and then discourage you from pursuing your dream. How many of you have had some people discourage you from pursuing your dream? Now this I don't know. This is, this is kind of tough because this is the Small Business Administration. This is what people tout. They say they tout this place like, hey, go here to get the help that you need. And, and they have. And then this woman who has this great idea to bring something from the West Coast to the East Coast to introduce something new to this new area, her home, and she has the plan and she has the passion. Everybody putting comments on plan and passion. She got the plan and she has the passion. And the Small Business Administration at this time. Dismissed her. Dismissed. How many guys know what it feel like to be dismissed? Dismissed. They dismissed her, right? And discouraged her. You've been dismissed before. You've been discouraged before. You had the great idea. You got the great idea. You even took the time not to just have the idea to actually make a plan about how you're going to move forward with the idea to manifest it, to turn it from dream to reality. You have the idea and the plan and the passion. And you go to some people you think are going to be able to help you and they dismiss you and they discourage you. See, the, 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 I, I'm going to say this the best way I can, but the weak-hearted individual quits right there. I mean, if the Small Business Administration didn't want to hear what I had to say, I mean, who else would want to hear what I say? I guess I'll just move on. I mean, I guess that's a dream deferred. I guess it just won't happen for me. She remembers the terms of details that of that humbling meeting. They weren't optimistic at all. They told me that New York was a haven for ice cream outlets and that many fold each year. In addition, they also asked if I had any experience in the food business. When I said no, they laughed. So she got dismissed. She was discouraged. And they even laughed at her. Have you guys been in that situation for your life? You've been laughed at. You obviously don't know how demanding the food business can be, they they smirked. As Evans walked out from that depressed meeting, she blurted, I'll get experience, all right, by capturing the market. I'll get experience by capturing the market. A journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Right now, beautiful people, kings and queens, I want you to think about your journey. Uh, the the end goal, the big audacious goal, the big dream that you got. That's the thousand miles. Uh, but you got to understand, we must begin to understand even greater that it begins with the first step. Everybody put in on comments the first step. See, too often, uh, the big dream overshadows the first step. Matter of fact, I was having a conversation with a sister just two days ago. And, and, and we were talking about you know, the things that we want to accomplish and do and all that stuff. And, and you know what I said? I, I told her, I said, well, that's great. You know, I know we got all these big things we need to do, all these ideas. I said, but all I really focus on is the next step. And so uh, when, she said, when she said, well, hey, you need to call this person and talk to this person, I was like, great, that's what I'll do. That'll be the next thing i do. But then she started to want to add on more. And I was like, no, that's not how I operate. I'm very methodical. Like if that's the next step, then that's all I need to concern myself with right now. I I mean, once I take that step and I have that conversation, then I'll figure out what the next step is. But for me to go through all these different steps, when all I need to really do is focus on the next step, if this is the next logical step, then this is the step I'll focus on. This is the step I'll take. Everything else becomes obsolete. Now, most people, they can't operate like that. They want to know, I mean, and I'm not, let me, I don't know, but you know, I I just find that, you know, women want all the details. Which is great. You want to be informed, okay? I'm just saying, like, like I, like I have found it to be. Want all the details. So you spend the time getting all the details, and you get, and then, then guess what? The details of everything that you now have consumed makes you scared to take the next step, because now you got too much information. How many guys had too TMI? Too much information. You had so much information that now you looked at all the different angles that you never took the first step. Because now the information that you got is information overload. So I had to tell the lady, I said, I get it. You know, men are from men. Men Mars, women are from Venus. I don't need to know all that. All I need to know is what the next step is as it relates to what we're looking to accomplish. I'll focus on that step. I don't want to talk about, here about anything else because I don't want information overload. TMI. Oh, don't shout me, dogs. I'm pretty good. How many guys have been there? Well, you was ready to go. You was ready. Like, okay, I can do this. But then you get too much information. And then now you're sitting there like, I don't know if I want to do all this. And now you just don't move at all. You don't take anything. You don't do nothing now. Too much information. You want to know everything at the beginning. Not realizing that no... The, the, the journey, I know the end goal. I know the first step. The second step will be revealed. Everybody put in console revealed. It will be revealed after I complete the first step. That's what people don't understand about this thing called life. The next step will be revealed. It will be illuminated. You'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. But you won't see the second step until you complete the first step. So I don't need to have too much information. Here's the thing about too much information. Too much information typically is a whole bunch of opinions. It's a whole bunch of, 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 of theory. It's a whole bunch of stuff that ain't that, that does not necessarily come true. It's just a whole bunch of talk, jargon, and a whole bunch of idle chatter. Too much information. And because of all of that, all of those opinions, all of those thoughts, all of those theories, all of that stuff that is just not even factual, now I am not taking the first step. Now I'm sitting here in paralysis. Right? How many guys been there? You and a partner, you and a you and two other people or three other people, y'all gonna do some stuff together. Y'all put together, say, man, this is what we want to accomplish. And then y'all start to say, okay, what do we need to do now? And y'all come up with, okay, here's what it seems like the most logical step for us to take. And but then y'all start talking about all this other stuff. It's like y'all just have meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, information after information after and y'all call it research. Y'all call the research. Like, now we're going to do all the research. And you know what I found? What I found in my life, and you guys tell me if this has been true for you, yeah, they do all the research, I take all the action. Now, yeah, I might take some action and it be, you know, it be ill-advised action, but damn, at least I'm taking action. I mean, y'all can do all the research and not take any action, or I can do the action and I can learn as I go, and guess what happens? I get so much more done. So much more accomplished than all the people who do all the research, but never take any action. Get all the information, but you never have executed anything. I'm telling you, the successful people in this world are people of execution. Matter of fact, they're willing to take action. They're willing to take the risk without all of the knowledge. Right? Because at least they're making progress. Because guess what? Either I win or I learn. If I took this step and it didn't work, at least I learned not to take that step. But if I did all the research but I never took a step, I just got a whole bunch of information. Information overload kills dreams. Matter of fact, it wouldn't even be a dream if you knew it all. Think about that for a second. Let me say that again for the people in the back. It wouldn't even be a dream if you already knew. Think about that. I mean, that right there is probably a word for somebody. That's in itself. It would not even be a dream if you already knew. If you had all the information, if you knew it all already, if you could really do all the research, it would not even be a dream. I go back to the same thing, the same same analogy. Noah did not know how to build a boat. He didn't have all the information. He couldn't do all the research. He went with an unction from the Lord. It came unto him. He followed the instructions that was given unto him. And guess what? He had the power to create. And create is what he did. And he saved the known world at the time, according to the book. I mean, I'm not an expert in the book, by the way, but I think that's how it happened. But what if he sat around like, okay, Lord, you gave me the vision to make this thing called an ark, but I got to figure all this stuff out. I need to go talk to all the people in the community and see if they think that this is the right thing for me to do. And guess what would have happened if he did that? He would have been, he would have went to that meeting and he would have been discouraged and depressed and they would have shot down his dream. Some of you guys need to, need, need, need to understand, you don't need to share your stuff with certain people. You obviously you got to be validated by people who ain't doing nothing for you wanting to do something. Think about that for a second. You share your dream with people who ain't doing nothing. What do they think they're going to tell you? You should be doing nothing too because that's what they know. When you're going to share your dream with people, share your dream with dream chasers. Share your dream with people who have actually executed their dreams. That will make more sense. That's called that's called getting experience from mothers who have actually done it. Don't share your dream with people that ain't never worked on their dream. That don't make no sense. That makes absolutely no sense. I mean, I know. I know. Y'all probably saying, you know what, I don't always move off of logic. I get it, but I'm just saying, common sense ain't so common no more, is it? Who are you sharing your dreams with? Are you sharing it with the people who you're going to save? Are you sharing it with the people who are going to be on your boat? That don't make any sense. Think of that, that That's it. Said They would have talked. Thank you so much. I want to I hear that. So if Noah would have went... To all the people of the land, and they told him, you know what? I got this thing that something said to me in my ear. It spoke to me in my spirit. I went to bed last night. I had this big dream, and it was like build this thing called a boat. I don't even know what a boat is, but it's saying that there's going to rain, which means like some water is going to come from the cloud or something like that. And it's gonna rain, and and, and 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 this boat is gonna save some people. And, and I'm by myself, and I gotta build this ark that I don't even know what it is. But man, I'm telling you, this is what I got. In my dream. What they would have told Noah. Matter of fact, if I came to you right now and I told you that, what would you tell me? You see what I'm saying? Like, uh, you got this. You got this stuff in you, and you sharing it. Think about what I'm saying. You're sharing your dream. You're sharing this thing that could change the world and you're trying to share it with people who you are changing the world for you see what I'm saying so so you so go back to what I teach about student teacher peer you're trying to share stuff with people who are at this level you're here they're here you're trying to share with them to try to help them understand what you're dreaming and what you're thinking they 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 not dreamers and thinkers they're not pro-reactionary people. They're, 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 they're reactionary people. Thanks so much for the support, Rico. You see what I'm saying? You gotta watch who you, you gotta watch who you share your stuff with. Now, in her case, she over here sharing it with the SBA. You think that the SBA gonna be like, okay, let's get it, let's move forward. This is what your dream is, this is what you want to do. Let's see what how we can do to help make it, you know, what we can do to help you make it happen. Captain. Right? Appreciate the support, man. Anybody else can support on the page as well, if you like the content that we're bringing. Uh, really, hey, I'm just I'm just operating in my dream. You know, something came to me that journey of a thousand miles. It's like, hey, you know, I realize or I come to understand that personal development is so important for people. And because it's so important and I am on my personal development journey myself, I just share the personal development that I go through with other people. Everybody does not necessarily appreciate it at the time until they need it, right? People don't really appreciate this until they actually need it. They, they appreciate it more when they actually need to use it and instead of saying, well, let me use it so I don't have to be in a position where I have to use it, <laughs> right? Right? Um, so, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a first step. Okay. I, I, I mean, I can, we can stay on this for a while because Desi said it right. They would have told Noah he was crazy. Would have told man you crazy man, and guess what? The same people that were telling Noah that he was crazy are the same people who ain't or who, who who wasn't walking the earth uh, like whatever. Ninety days later. <laughs> they, they the ones that like, oh shit! It really is raining. I don't even know how to swim. Oh lord, no! Come please, I was just playing. No, I was just playing, man. Save me, brother. I see you on that boat or whatever you call it. I I can't swim. It's raining like crazy. Come please, no, I don't. I, you ain't crazy no more, okay? No, you is no longer crazy, okay? I was just playing. No, I was just playing. <laughs> Noah, <laughs> i'm telling you this was gonna happen the people who um who, who who discourage you the people who dismiss you the people who smirk at you when you get complete with whatever assignment that god has sent you on they're gonna say the same thing hey, you know what uh, 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 rico i was just playing uh, lovey I, I was just playing man i was just playing destiny i was just playing come on now I want to be on the team now. I was just playing. Erica, I was just playing. Oh, I didn't mean that. I know you. No, you was right. You was right. You. I was wrong. I was just playing. <laughs> this was going to happen. They dismiss you today. They admire you tomorrow. Let me say that again. That helped somebody right there. They dismiss you today. They admire you tomorrow. See, as you watch and learn and understand people, you see that people are fickle. They, 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 they One day today, they're another day tomorrow. Why? Wow, because they're so wrapped up in their emotions that they're easily swayed to and fro because they're not in control, right? Uh, they're double-minded in all their ways, but not you. You see what I'm saying? They're they're, they're fickle. They're easily swayed. They're double-minded in all their ways. This is why they will dismiss you today but admire you tomorrow. Journey of a Thousand Steps begins with the first step. (laughs) Uh, Compared with the quest for a winning recipe, which had taken months, seizing the market and attracting investors would be relatively easy. Uh, Evans wrote a business plan as part of an offering circular. The plan highlighted marketing and advertising strategies as well as the finer points of management responsibilities. To gain a handle on the market, she interviewed a number of gourmet restaurateurs and probed many of New York's more frequented ice cream parlors. To verify all that she had heard, a close friend supplied additional data gathered by a local advertising agency. Her research led to the following conclusion. Now notice this, guys. Her research led. So it wasn't just information. It was that she was researching to get to a conclusion. And she got and she was able to draw conclusions. Same thing that I talk to people about when it comes to this thing called business. Like I have a Facebook business page. Guess what I do? I get the research for my analytics, and those analytics help me to draw conclusions. And when I draw conclusions, I know what I, I, I'm able to figure out what to do next. I don't do research just to do research. I do research to draw conclusions. That helps somebody put it in cargo draw conclusion. Some of us, if we just do research to get more information. That's not what that's not what the point, that's not the point. That's not that's not intentional. You're doing research so it can lead you to some conclusions. You got the data in front of you. You can figure some stuff out now that you have the data. What worked, what didn't work, what you need to do more of, what you need to do less of. I do research. To lead me to conclusions so I can make better decisions. When she rattled off like a young MBA in a court. her research led to the following conclusion. When she rattled off like a young MBA in a corporate briefing, the majority of ice cream lovers are women. Evans explained. Age 35 to 50. The business is not as seasonal as one might suspect. Right, you might suspect. Okay, ice cream, oh, uh, summertime—that's when people are gonna buy it the most. She says, "Hey, her research did not draw her to the conclusion." Now, before she had theories, she said, "Oh, well, this is when the best time to do the, uh, the ice cream. This is gonna be the this is who gonna buy, buy it the most. Kids probably. Like if I told y'all gonna open an ice cream parlor, that probably be what we would think. We say, okay, it's gonna be best in the summertime, best in the spring when it's hot, and it's also probably gonna be uh, they probably gonna buy, but they're probably gonna buy the most it's gonna be bought." during uh you know for the children right that's what you probably would think those are those are called theories you see what i'm saying she did research to draw to conclusion i said well this is what we have found to be you know true based off of our research most ice cream lovers are women age 35 to 50 and it's not as, as seasonal business as one might think So remember I said, in the beginning, you got people who want to do, who want to talk about all these theories, but they never do any research to get to draw conclusions. So it's all theoretical. Some of you right now, you're operating your business off of theories. You're trying to make decisions off of theories, what you think would be best, what you think might work. You have no data, no analytics, you've done no research, but yet you're trying to move based off how you would move, how you feel. And I want to tell you today that most people are not like you. You see what I'm saying? that's why you need analytics that's why you need data that's why you need research so you can stop trying to think that people are going to operate how you move and you can get you can come to a realization that this is how most people really do move See, I can do the same thing that Miss, uh, that Miss Evans could do. Isn't it ironic that her last name is Evans, by the way, and my first name is Evan. I think we got some type of connection. But anyway, I can do the exact same thing. I can say, okay, well, with my retail business, which is um, ERGJ Black Bazaar, where we sell afro Afro-centric, mar- uh, Afrocentric marketplace, we sell afro home decor and all that stuff, I can tell you that 93% of my business comes through women. I can also tell you that of that 93%, most of those women are between ages 25 and 45. See, I'm drawing conclusions. So now I know if 93% of my, of my, my clientele, of my customers, are women, then I know who to market to. I mean, why would I spend 80% of my time trying to market to brothers? When I know that 93% of my customer base is women. I don't need to spend no time marketing to the brothers. I just need to spend my time marketing to the who? The women. Ages 25 to 45. Why? I've got research. I've got data. I've got analytics that tells me what to do. How about you? Do you have research or have you become an entrepreneur and you're moving just off of opinion, theory, a hunch? I'm telling you, you, in order for you to be successful, if that's the lane that you're in, and I don't care what it is, you don't even have to be an entrepreneur. But in order for you to have success in whatever it is you're going after, you got to move beyond hunch. You got to move beyond theory. You got to be move beyond opinion. And that, and that, it's not going to serve you well. I'll tell you, that's one of the quickest ways to get to failure. That's one of the quickest ways to be the person that's in the in the that's in the water drowning from the rain versus the person that's being in the boat. How many guys want to be in the boat and not the moat? <laughs> I'm telling you, opinions are in the moat. Research, data, analysis is in the boat. If you're a boat person, put in the comments below. Boat. If you're a moat person, don't say nothing, please. Say, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the boat. I'm in the boat, people. I, I'm in the boat. All right. <laughs> Having completed her homework, uh oh. You mean to tell me that Myra Evans, in her quest to start this business uh, that's going to bring gelato to New York, uh, she actually had, had some homework. Having completed her homework, Evans' investment and money management training served her well, very well. With the aid of an attorney, she wrote her own prospectus and raced up to a lot, li- raced about to line up the financing. The document outlined the initial offering and was circulated among friends and coworkers. Evans covered some of her financial exposure by selling small pieces of her company, although she maintained a majority of the equity. Within one week, she raised $15,000. After a month, the figure shot up to $50,000. Sensing victory and within a few shares of her projected $500,000 goal, Evans invited potential backers to taste a taste test. The pallets. Of these seasoned financial types were no match for the out-of-this-world taste that distinguishes true gelato. The plan worked. And she was fully subscribed by the time her doors opened. And all each, each of more than 30 people committed to a minimum investment of $5,000. Gelato Mode Incorporated was capitalized at more than $1 million, with Evans maintaining 51% ownership. Do you guys hear what's happening? What Myra Evans did after she was dismissed, after which after which she was discouraged, after she was smirked by the people who supposedly knew it all, the SBA, when it comes to starting a business, small business administration. She took matters into her own hands. I mean, I don't I know exactly what happened. She, this is the thing that, this is the good part about revenge. She basically said, okay, y'all laughing at me now. Okay, let's see who laughed last. So she took matters to her own and said, you know what? Bump y'all. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get this stuff done. So she utilized her experience. She did some research. She put together her own, can you imagine? She put together her own prospectus. She wrote her own stuff up. Got her an attorney. Got her some legal shield. Whatever the case may be to make sure that all the stuff was written the right way. And she She did her own public offering. Her own. It didn't go through Wall Street. It didn't go through Goldman Sachs. It didn't go through whoever, whatever, all this stuff. I'm telling you, like, like, we have been conditioned to believe that we must go through these certain channels in order to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. I'm here to tell you, take shit into your own hands. If that don't work, don't let it stop you. Okay, y'all just won't get a piece of this. Guess what? Y'all gonna be the ones that's eating at my restaurant instead of y'all being the ones that's owning a part of my restaurant. How about that? Oh, y'all wanna come on now? No! We don't need your money. Your money is no good here unless you're buying some ice cream or some gelato or some sorbet or whatever it's called. Myra Evans, she was dismissed. Now she's admired. Man, that takes some real ball. I mean, that takes some 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 fortitude. She said, oh, man, whatever. Okay, what are we gonna? You know what? I, I you know, it, that was the easy way. I guess I'm just gonna have to do things the hard way. And guess what? The hard way is so much more fulfilling because I still own my company. I still got 51% ownership. I am still in control of the company. I'm still in control of the dream in which came to me. I'm still in control of my vision. I still own." Myra Evans. You better do that thing, girl. Equipped with the necessary funding, her creative sparks flew. Evan chose the former site of an Upper West Side Dry Cleaner as the location of her first unit. The area was upwardly really mobile and full of trendy young professionals. To further substantiate her target group, she acquired Census Bureau data. Look at this. She done went to the Census. On the area's demographics, Evans thought some of the ease with which she attracted investors had something to do with her plan to make the business authentically Italian. Italian gelateries emphasize elegant cuisine with spacious cafe-like surroundings. The the environment has to be one in which customers can enjoy the cosmopolitan ambiance while savoring their meal. Evans was so keen on introducing an Italian product in a uniquely European setting that she flew in three gelatieri to run the shop through its initial paces, ensuring that it had the look and feel of those in Florence and Milan. Today, this petite young woman, who adorns little or no makeup, has traded her traditional Wall Street attire for blue jeans and faded sweatshirts. At last count, Evans manages four gelaterias, with hopes of further expansion. Now this is interesting. This, you know, we're talking about a, you know, a young African American woman. By the way, that's that's who we're talking about, who had who got inspired when she went to San Francisco, and now she's uh, doing her research. She's like, okay, this is how these Italians do. We got a black woman who is bringing At- listen, listen, she's bringing Italian gelato uh, cafes to New York. Now that's no different than the Chinese. Uh, bringing some soul food restaurants to the hood. They see that it's a need or a desire. They do their research to figure out what the hell black folk want to eat in their neighborhoods. And they go open up a, a, a soul food restaurant and call it something else and make it seem like it's authentically African American or whatever you want to call it. And they over there selling y'all, selling us some meatloaf and selling us some uh, macaroni and cheese and stuff like that. The owners versus the operators could be different. The operator, or the CEO, or the person, or the manager of the of the of the business establishment could be black, but the owner could definitely be not black. <laughs> so it's just no different, though. Same thing. She's like, hey, "I'm gonna bring it over here. We're gonna do the same thing." And, and you see that we can do the exact same thing that others are doing if this is an area that we find to be of of of, 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 a, of a passion of ours or something like that. No different. No different. Black woman bringing Italian ices or Italian restaurant, Italian style restaurant to New York, wherever that is. That she has. now, of course, of course, I want to do. You know, I want to look and see what these different uh different Italian eateries are now. Like, wow, this is interesting, man. Myra Evans. Yesterday, she was dismissed. Today, she's admired. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you're getting anything or learning anything from this little short story about an African American woman who was dismissed yesterday and admired today. Uh, someone who had a dream, had a vision, made the wrote the vision down, made a plan, put together a plan, and then went and executed. Said, "Forget y'all. I'm gonna go ahead and get this money myself. Raise fifty thousand dollars in one month because she had a plan and it spelled out exactly what was going to happen and how she was going to operate, and make it happen." From her own perspectives. Got a little attorney and made it happen. What's our excuse? When it comes to the things that you want in this life, what's your excuse? you letting someone else discourage you and dismiss you and keep you down because of what they think and what they say? That's no excuse. You can be just like Myra Evans. Take things into your own hands and make it happen. Regardless if Wells Fargo say yes or no. Regardless of what the hell Goldman Sachs may say yes or no. Regardless if Citizen Trust Bank say yes or no. You can take things into your own hands and make it happen. What an inspiring story. Journey of a Thousand Miles begins with one step. A quick word from our sponsor. Don't just buy black, decorate black. ERGJ Black Bazaar is the Afrocentric marketplace, and we specialize in urban home decor. Anything from shower sets to wall tapestries to debate cover sets, you can decorate your entire home with original black art inspired gifts. Check us out at www.ergjblackbazaar.com www.ergjblackbazaar.com ERGJ Black Bazaar, the Afrocentric marketplace. We make group economics easy. The quickest way to the top is to start at the bottom. The quickest way to the top is to start at the bottom. Labor is a great teacher of the race. It calls us away from hapless instructors and meaningless theories and rolls us in the school of hard knocks. It teaches patience and Perseverance, discipline, and application. It offers reward and punishment. It imparts the power of quick decision. Labor instructs. Everybody put it down so labor instructs. Labor instructs. Do what you are told to do and then some. It's the then some that will raise your salary. Greatness never comes because it, because it is craved. It is re, it is the result of unceasing effort. Make no mistake, a labor is the only legal tender. The gods will sell everything for nothing without it. You will never find success marked down. Born in an age and country in which knowledge and opportunity abound, how can you sit with folded hands, asking God's help and work that He has already given you the necessary tools? Even when the chosen people had their progress checked by the Red Sea and their leader paused for divine help, the Lord said, "Wherefore criest unto me, thou unto me?" In other words, use what you have and work. Use what you have and work when dominique Dawes was nine years old she visualized winning upcoming gymnastic events by taking a crayon and writing the same word over and over again on the mirror in her bedroom the word that she wrote with with such studied tenacity was determination the word that she wrote was determination a decade later, she had endured the daily grind of a seven-hour training schedule. Her youthful drive is paying off. Dominique Dawes is the odds-on favorite to capture the <coughs> to capture the gold in the 1996 Olympic Games. It is work more so than determination that has delivered the goods. Whoopi Goldberg's a comic, but she's no joke in the entertainment industry. As her movies continue their far-ranging appeal, Whoopi has positioned herself as one of the highest-paid talents in Hollywood. It's a distinction that earns her nearly $10 million per film, not bad for a child who grew up in New York City in a New York City housing project. By age 21, Whoopi had been a wife, a mother, a divorcee, and a welfare recipient. Whoopi had been... Uh, But today, this Academy Award winning actress with her signature dreadlocks attributes her success to one special gift. In the world of the silver screen, action is power. There is no one, great or small, that cannot make his or her life better by work. There is no one, great or small, That cannot make his or her life better by work. See, the good book says this. Idle chatter leads only to poverty. But in all labor, there's profit. Now I don't know what that says to you. But what it says to me is I need to, I I, if I want to. Make my life better. If I want to increase my income, if I want to get out of debt, if I want to, whatever, I need to stop talking about it and I need to start doing it. Idle chatter leads only to poverty. That's what the book says. And I don't know if you believe that or not, but I've seen that when I'm only talking about it, I'm broker every day. But when I stop talking and I actually get out and do something, like I said, today I'll be working on my website. That's work. That's labor. It's going to lead to profit. He says in all labor, there is profit. So if right now you got a financial problem, it's going to require you going to work. Working on your dreams, working on your ideas, working on a job, whatever it is, it's going to require you putting in some hustle, putting some hustle to your muscle and going to work. Time out to be talking. Time out to be dreaming. Time out to be fantasizing. It's time to go to work. Matter of fact, I'll to say this if you're broke right now and it's the weekend, if you already plan on how you're gonna spend more money, something is wrong. The weekend just got here, you know you're broke, but you've already made plans on how you can go spend more money. But you didn't make plans on how you can go get do some more work. And idle chatter leads only to poverty Uh, in all labor, there's profit, I'm broke right now, the weekend just got here, I made plans to go spend more money, I made plans to take the cruise, I made plans to go out of town, I made plans to go to the movies, I made plans to go further in debt. But I did make plans on how I can figure out how to go to do more work to labor, to put in some consistent effort so that I can get myself out of this hole that I put myself in. This is what most people do. They spend their Monday through Friday going to work and then they spend their Saturday and Sunday going going into play. And they find themselves not making much progress financially because they didn't spend their Saturday and their Sunday or their Friday night and their Saturday night going to work. Why does work have to end for you to be able to play when you're when you, when you looking at your situation saying, I don't want to be in this situation? Well, then stop playing on the weekends. You see what I'm saying? If you don't want to be in a situation that you're in, if that's where you are, whatever the case may be, if you know you need to make some more money, if you know you really want to get out of debt, if you know you want to fix this financial problem, stop playing on the weekends stop playing at night, go to work, second job some people take, I'm not saying you necessarily do there's a lot of different ways that you can go to work by the way, you can start a little small business on the side, you can go to work and it's going to lead to profit, he, I mean, you. I'm just trying to say, just taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, just try it out. Just see if it really, if he really telling the truth that in all labor there's profit. If it, if he says to me and I believe it to be true and I got faith to believe that if he said it, it must be true. If it's in that book, it must be something to it. If he says that all labor there's profit, then I can measure, and I can see, and I can put it to the test. I did it. I put it to the test. How I many guys are saying I'm gonna put it to the test? Even if you don't believe it, when well, you put it to the test to see if it comes out to be like, okay, this is real. Like that's what I had to do. That's what I did. I don't know about you. That's what I did. Like I didn't really believe when I first came across this thing called the Bible, I wasn't a person that just sat this, there and said, I'm going to believe that's because it's written down. You know what I started doing? I started putting these little proverbs to the test. I said, okay, if you say all labor, there's profit. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to see if I get profit. Guess what happened? When I went to work, I got profit. And then I realized that when I got lazy, I got broke. And I said, well, I don't want to be broke no more, so I'm going to stop being lazy. So I'm going to go back to work. And I put in the labor, and guess what happened? I got in the profit. I keep putting in the labor, guess what keeps happening? I keep getting in the profit. It's your choice. It's there. Even if you haven't seen it, I just shared it with you. Now you know. I can keep talking about it and stay in poverty, or I can be about it, and I get in the profit. Which one do you choose? Do you choose poverty or profit? It's up to you. It really is up to you. It's a choice. Black wealth is a black choice. You can choose to remain or stay or abide or dwell in poverty. Or you can choose to stay, remain, or dwell in profit. It all comes down to your choice. Talk or do. It's up to you. I can't make you do. And I surely don't have to listen to your talk. Okay? Stay in poverty, stay broke, stay living paycheck to paycheck, that's up to you. The decision comes in the talking and the doing. The decision comes in the idle chatter or labor or work. The decision comes in, am I going to at least put in the effort? Now, some of you guys, for some reason, you think that effort means that well, I thought about it, so I mean, I put in some mental effort. No, that ain't how it worked, baby. They ain't gonna get away with that one. Just because you thought about something, just because it was hard on your membrane, and you finally came up with a with a, with an idea, that ain't that ain't good enough. That might have been a little toiling on your mental, but that ain't good enough. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you. And just because you sat in a prayer room and you felt like you prayed hard, that ain't good enough either. Because it don't require praying hard, whatever the hell that is. It's simple prayers. You just come to God with your heart and let Him know what you got to say and get it moving. It don't require a whole bunch. You think that's because you pray for three hours, meaning that you done did something. No, you can pray for two seconds and get some stuff done. You've been fooled into some religious dogma. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I had to hit you with that one. I mean, my goodness. You think that's because you can pray for three hours. I mean, no. That three hours are you not going to work. And then you justify not working because of your idle chatter unto the Lord. And get what did he say, man? You prayed unto me, but I didn't know you. You called my name, but I didn't know you. Cause you didn't read the scripture. You didn't realize, man, that, you know he said he said pray simple stuff. You can do the same prayer every day. Our Heavenly Father who art in heaven, our dollar be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day something to eat. I mean, please feed me. I thank you for that. And forgive me for all the stuff that I done did. I mean, I done messed up. Please forgive me. But I realize I got to forgive others too. So I'm going to make it my day to go and forgive the people I need to forgive. And that way I'll be forgiven. Leave me not. Right? Leave, leave me somewhere that's going to be great. Don't leave me to the crazy place. I'm tired of going to the crazy place. See, the the, the, the the heavenly prayer, the, the holy script, whatever it's called. Father's prayer, something like that. Simple stuff. But for some reason, you've been led to believe by this religion that you got to sit here and sit in that closet for three hours. And that's three hours of you not going to work, by the way. But that's three hours. So you can tap into the spirit and you can reach you can reach this 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 mythical place. No. I'm sorry, baby. That's not, that, that's not, how, that's not how the God worked that I read about. Yeah, no, y'all don't like talking about that because you got, you know when you come across somebody that's actually done read the book, it's like, what are y'all doing? He, he said, man. He said, When well, you pray, you know what I'm saying? Go into the closet and pray. You know what I'm saying? Pray in secret and I'll reward you in the open. But yet we have all these, all these leaders who want to pray in the open, who want to be seen as if they are so they they are so great because they got good words to say up unto heaven. He said, pray in secret and you'll be rewarded in the open. I don't know why that don't happen. I see a whole bunch of people trying to pray in the open so they can be seen by men. Uh-oh. Well, how did I get over here? Ooh, Lord! I see a whole bunch of people trying to pray in the open so they can be seen by men, and God say, "Pray in secret so you can be seen by me." Well, they—I think they skipped that part. That part wasn't in the book. They skipped that part. Now nah, we ain't gonna, now nah, we ain't gonna do that one. Okay. The scoreboard read. Atlanta Hawks 112, Washington Bullets 90. More than 12,000 beaming fans seated at the Omni in Atlanta. Georgia had witnessed history. The Hawks' victory was Coach Lenny Wilkins' 939th career win, placing him ahead of legendary Red Auerbach as the winningest coach in National Basketball Association history. Over the course of a professional career that began in 1960, Wilkins played 15 seasons, made the All-Star team nine times, ranked 6th in assists in NBA history, and was the league's second black head coach. He had participated in more games as a player and or coach than anyone else. Known for his graceful intensity, Wilkins may not have been the best coach or the most skilled player. When Ray Auerbach unrolled, unrolled his program, his presence was commanded by power. When Michael Jordan soared to the basket, everyone stood up to take notice. But when this, when all is said and done, you will find the name Wilkins... Under the win column before any of his competitors. Why? Because he was committed to outwork them. He was committed to outwork them. Everybody put in God, so outwork. You must understand that, yes, there is a competition going on. The biggest person that you got to outwork is your old self, by the way. The biggest person that you need to outwork is the person in the mirror. If you simply outwork yourself, you'll do just fine. But there are some other people. There is this thing called the market, and you got to realize that there is a in the market. You are in competition with a whole bunch of other people. This is why this is why I get up early. Early bird gets the worm because I realize if I get up early enough and I go to work, I am simply turning time in my favor, and I'm outworking my competition who won't get out of bed until ten. If I'm out at 6 and they're out at 10, I got 4 hours head start. And I simply outwork them because I'm willing to get up before them and go to work. But the biggest person you must outwork is your old self. You must outwork the person in the mirror. You look in the mirror and you see, man, I've done some work, but yes, I can do more. I can do better. And that, and if you start to do that, you start to realize that, you start to... Uh, manifest that that you know what I can do better and I will do better you begin to outwork the person in the mirror that's when you really start to make progress because you're no longer you're no longer uh, saying you know what I agree with doing less than my best I'm cool with with, with me putting in a mediocre effort I realize what I did yesterday but I can do better I can do more today and when you do that each and every day, you begin to outwork the competition, which is you. I'm telling you, I found this to be true. Although we can look about all these people, all these companies, all these different businesses, all this different stuff, the your, your real competition is you. The real competition, the real thing that you need to overcome, the real thing that you must beat is you. And your spirit, this spirit, it's this spirit, I think. It's the spirit of laziness. It's the spirit of average. It's the spirit of mediocre. It's the spirit of good, by the way. Good is good, but great is better. And so, yes, you might be good, but why are you not great? The biggest competition for you is you. You are the only one that's holding you back. You are the only one that's keeping you from your greatness. You must overcome you what stars shone brighter demand more admiration throughout the halls of education and commerce in the plain uh, than the plain but cultivated Dr. Rita Clark King the barriers are not yet erected that can say to this aspiring talent thus far and no farther Born in the teeth of poverty in South Georgia to a mother who didn't make it past the third grade and a father who couldn't read his name, Rita's road to success ran uphill. As a senior at Tiny Clark College, she sat in the dean's office holding a tear-stained copy of her grades. Through her performance in the classroom with Stellar, she was unable to pay her tuition. Her hopes of an education would have been dashed had it not been for her grandmother's wisdom. She taught me the value of work. Rita recounted, I had to work extra hard. I had a weight to carry that was different from my peers. Rita would apply all that she had learned, working night and day, taking any job that came by her hand. One of the tops in her class, she toured as a maid as well as a menial, as a menial laborer. No position was beneath her. Endurance is a much better test of character than genius. Endurance it's a must, is a much better test of character than genius. <clears throat> Soon her commitment caught the eye of the school's president. He instructed her professors to allow her to complete her exams even if her payments fell short. And what is the result of her tireless energy? Thanks in part to her strong work ethic, Rita's resume includes a fair share of firsts, first of her race and gender to preside over a predominantly white university, metropolitan state, Minneapolis, Minnesota. First African-American female to be named president and executive director of the prestigious General Mills Foundation and one of the first black women in the country to earn a doctorate degree in chemistry. The darkest shadows of life are those that an individual makes when he or she stands in his or her own light. Wow. The darkest shadows of life are those that an individual makes when he or she stands in his or her own light. The hopes and dreams of a people will only be realized through concentrated energy. Work is the remedy. Work is the remedy. Work is the the remedy, the magical potion. It is the answer to whatever ails you. Work is the remedy. As I stated earlier, Good Book simply says this, idle chatter leads only to poverty. But in all labor, there's profit. I catch the question to you, kings and queens. <clears throat> As it again is a super scintillating Saturday. Most people are going to play. Are you going to work? What is it today that you're going to work on that can bring you profit and help deliver you or help bring the be the answer to whatever ails you? You had a decision to make. Are you going to play like the crowd, like everybody else? And remain or stay or be broke like everybody else or are you going to go to work here's what I found is I go to work on a Saturday where everybody else is playing those people who are playing will be paying me on Saturday and see there are some places that are actually at work matter of fact the places that the people are going to go play today those places are open because they are working and they are providing the entertainment or they're providing the opportunity for the people to play. The people who are going to play spend their money, the people who are actually working are getting the money. They've created that business for the people who are coming to play. Whether that be that they're going to Sky Zone or whether that be they're going to the Delato Restaurant. Whether that be they're going to Six Flags over Georgia. Whatever that may be for them. They're going to play, spend their money, I'm coming to work to collect a check. What are you going to work on today? Now, of course, one thing that would be good for you to work on is yourself. Yes, that's work. That's that's some hard work for some people, to simply work on myself. work is the remedy this is the new black wall street book club where black folk do read if you put in a book we absolutely will find it i'm your host ergj your certified financial educator and we invite you to join the black billionaire's club get connected with brothers and sisters who are serious about winning with money, serious about success, and super serious about helping you to accomplish your goals and to build your dreams. Check out the website at www.TheBlackBillionersClub.com www.TheBlackBillionersClub.com You can find that link in the description above or below. Make a decision to change the rest of your life. We'd ask that you would subscribe and support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes, to improve financial literacy within our community, and ultimately to help us to build the School of Wealth, to build an institution that will teach the next generation about money, and your small monthly contribution can make all the difference. Well, it says, well we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club, and we want you to remember this, that it takes a village. And it starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, people, and thank God that that's more than enough. Until next episode, you know what time it is, Mr. DJ. Hit the music.
0: New, new, new black. New. It's the New Black Wall Street Book Club Street. <laughs> With your host Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson It's time for us to go mm-hmm. yeah. Now you mm-hmm. ain't got a little computer But we encourage you to get out there And learn And apply All the things you learn at the New Black Wall Street what? Book Club Book Club, Book Club. <laughs> Yeah The New Black Wall Street The New Black Wall Street